1993, American television was forever changed when a floating head in a tube chose five teenagers with attitude to protect Earth from alien monsters. Twenty years later, it is still one of the most popular franchises on television. Charlie's Geekcast presents... Contact the Power Rangers at once. Hello everybody, and welcome to the fifth special, where we're geeking on the Power Rangers. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and once again I am joined by Daoud Fakirnan from the Noob52 podcast to look at the Power Rangers. Today we're going to start with Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Deep in the mountains, secret ninja academies train our future protectors. Ancient scrolls told of three who would be chosen above the others. Three who would become... Power Rangers Ninja Storm ran for 38 episodes, running from February 15, 2003 to November 15, 2003, and was adapted from the Japanese series Nimpu Sentai Hurricaneer. A skateboarder Shane Clark, a surfer Tori, Tori Hansen, and a dirt biker Dustin Brooks are students of the Wind Ninja Academy under the tutelage of Sensei Wanatabi and his son... What did I say wrong? I can't say his first name, so I'm just going with the last name. Yeah, you said and the last name wrong. And I said the last name wrong. <laughs> Watanabe. No? Yeah, Watanabe. Uh, anyway, and his son Cam. Although he seems as if they will... Although it seems as if they will never be good enough to be full-fledged ninja. They are the only three left when the evil ninja master Lothor arrives on Earth and captures the other students. Their sensei, who was transformed into a guinea pig by Luther... Um, Luthor, Lothor, damn it. I read too much Superman, uh, decided that they, would, that they would become Wind Power Rangers and gave them Wind Morphers to allow them to transform. As the Wind Rangers, they fought to save the world from Lothor and his space minions using Zords created by Cam for emergencies. Over time, who does some pretty good fan subs, uh, they were joined by the Thunder Rangers, Hunter and Blake, as well as Cam who eventually gained the green samurai powers in a trip to the past. Uh, the show marked a turning point for the franchise with a willingness to make fun of itself and its history, a theme that would return in Dino Thunder. A special note is that Lothor, instead of a standard melodramatic evil emperor, had a sense of humor and often got lines that sent up the show. Uh, 
After making a monster grow, he seems to turn to the camera and say, What did you expect? It wasn't going to get smaller. In the final episode, when piloting a robot against the Zords, he yells, This is the most fun I've had all season. <laughs> Eventually, the Rangers manage to defeat all of Luthor's minions, unwittingly overloading the Abyss of Evil, to which they were all sent upon their demise. The Wind Rangers were able to stop evil from spreading across the Earth and seal Lothor away in the Abyss of Evil, along with their own powers. Now powerless, Shane, Tori, and Dustin became teachers at the rebuilt Wind Ninja Academy, aided by Cam and her newly human sensei. Hunter took a job as the head teacher at the new Thunder Ninja Academy while his brother Blake continued his racing career, and they lived happily ever after. Until the team-up next season, but we won't get into that until, you know, we cover the next season. Daoud, what's your favorite part of, th- of Ninja Storm? Cam. <clears throat> Cam. Yes, the, the return of Billy. Yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, although, kind of went backwards to Billy. Went from technical advisor to badass ranger, whereas uh, Billy went from badass ranger to technical advisor. I have to say, as much as I did like Cam, it did sound weird when he tried to be when he was doing the voiceover stuff for the ranger. It just sounded we. It's I don't know. It sounded like oh. he was trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to sound heroic. You know? On a ranger voice, maybe. Uh, it's actually thanks to him that we, that the best of the cast stayed in. They're sort of complaining to him about you know, having apprehension about doing the series. And he was saying, like, well, this is actually a great opportunity for you to, uh, as an actor, you have to do an accent, you have to do all these wild actions and everything. Yeah, so, Jason Chan, thank you for Ninja Storm. Yes, thanks. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> um,. And I have to say, out of all of them, the guy that played Dustin was probably the best with the American accent, even though he made him, he did a surfer dude accent. Yeah. He had the least amount of uh, showing off his, yeah, of doing his accent. Um, okay, what's your least favorite part of Ninja Storm? Stupid generals. Like, towards the end of the season, like, every single new person who showed up, Lothar made a general. <laughs> Also, okay, a bunch of space What's wrong with generals? Well, it's just like you're making everyone a general. What if everyone was a general? Who's not a general? Who's a lackey? The girls. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, who's not a bumbling lackey? Oh well, it's yeah. Ninja Storm. They're all bumbling <laughs> lackeys. Hello. I think Chubo. Well, yeah. Uh. Okay, and, and you uh, were going to say something about a space ninja thing? Oh, right, right, Okay, so a bunch of alien space ninjas, when they are, quote-unquote, destroyed, they go to the Abyss of Evil, mm-hmm. located on Earth. Mm-hmm. Not, except for Lothar and, assumedly, his nieces. None of them are from Earth. Why are they being put into uh, an Abyss of Evil on Earth? Not only that, but why are they having an uh, off-road bike race Right next to it. Uh, oh, that you can't blame them for that. They wouldn't. They wouldn't know where that was. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't know that's there. <laughs> just like, just like the Mighty Morphin movie. You don't know that Ivan Ooze is buried there. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. That. May, that. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why the Wind Ninja Academy is where it is. I. I don't know. 
Well, actually, that would have been a good idea. Put the Wind Ninja Academy on top of the Abyss of Evil. Well, I don't know about on top of it. That could be probably well, I mean, you know, next it, to it. Put, it. put the Abyss of Evil on the grounds, so that way, like, the Wind Ninjas can guard it. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, my your logic in my Power Rangers. <laughs> my favorite would have to be some of the humor making f- kind of making fun of itself. Uh not so much the big thing where Tori's like that thinking Power Rangers aren't real, but like there's a point where um uh what happens? Um Cam mm-hmm. get uh has a double of himself. Oh yeah, Cyber Cam. And yeah, and he's already they apparently they'd already had the whole double thing before yeah and then um when he shows up i think it's shane that says something like didn't we already do that this season <laughs> uh and of course the constant ribbing about the fact that they're fighting in the um in a quarry all the time oh yeah yeah that kind of stuff was kind of cool um th- what i didn't like was just <sighs> some of it was just kind of yeah, boring. And the multiple multi-part stories with the Thunder Rangers. Yeah. Got old. I mean, you had a three-parter. By the end of it, they were supposed to be kind of good guys. And then after two more episodes where they're gone, they come back to they they left to kind of find themselves, I guess. And then when they come back, they're turned evil again and then they spend like three more episodes trying to turn them good before they're finally good guys again. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, you know, it was just annoying. I mean, granted, I know that probably has to play into the Japanese footage, but still, that was just annoying. Yeah. All right. I just counted. We have seven multi-part stories. In 38 episodes? Yeah. Huh. That's stories. That's not even how many episodes. Make the, let's see. There's, yeah, I think the, the uh, most one, two, was like three, five, five or four. four. Seven, ten, fourteen. Eighteen of the thirty-eight episodes are part or multi-part episodes. So there's only twenty single episodes. Hmm. Half the series is multi-part episodes. Wow. Yep. As for notes, the Green Samurai Ranger, of course, was the first, but is not the only Green Samurai Ranger, as the uh, more recent Samurai has a Green Ranger in it, therefore having a Green Samurai Ranger. Isn't that funny? <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the first incarnation of the series since Zio to not include the next time segment after each episode. Uh, this is the first time that a series starts with only three Rangers, although the standard six are in place by the end of the series. Uh, this is the first season to not feature at least one ranger or character from a previous season at all. And that's true, because no one carried over from the MMPR production series. Uh, this is the first series where all of the Power Rangers actually had powers when unmorphed to use in everyday life. Although Andros from In Space is the first ranger to have been born naturally with powers. Yeah, although the... <clears throat> Uh, this sort of carries on with all the Disney seasons. They all have civilian powers. Yes. Whether we like it or not. Some of them were cool, some of them are not. Uh, but mostly not. Just kidding. Let's see. This is the first series to be aired on Jetix and Toon Disney. Those, it is considered by many fans to be the official start of the Disney era of Power Rangers. 
Uh, it's the first series since Turbo to have an ending which features the Rangers losing their powers. The other series before this involved the other Rangers getting to keep their powers, or instead, giving them up. Although the Ninja Storm Rangers briefly regained their powers in the team-up, spoilers, only to lose them again, spoilers, uh, and then there's another spoiler that I'm not going to read yet. Jeez. During the Shimazu Return story arc, the Rangers are forced to pilot their Zords in their unmorphed civilian form, which was a Power Rangers first. This is especially notable as the cockpit scenes are usually from the Sentai counterpart, and the fact the Power Rangers piloted the Zords unmorphed required the U.S. production team to build sets not normally required, and for the sets to match the Japanese sets. Now, this wouldn't be the last time this happens. They're not perfect, but this is very close. Um, the Power Rangers have had their uh, Power Rangers has created their own co- uh, Zord cockpits before. Um, the cockpit used for the Thunder Mega Zord back in season two. And uh, the samurais. Uh, yeah, the um, well, yeah, samurais. Uh, the samurai team later on, uh, more recently, uh, the. The cockpits used for all of the Zords in Season 3 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are all completely American because of the fact that basically the, uh, you know, the, the Rangers were the Zords in the Japanese version, at least the Shogun Zords. Let's see, I think that's about it. After that, they were using the Japanese footage all the time. But yeah, this, these are pretty close, and it was pretty cool. Let's see, while the Green Samurai Ranger has an identity in Ninja Storm, his original Japanese counterpart, Shurikanger, uh, his true identity was a permanently costumed form. And also, Cam's Sentai counterpart is actually a ninja, not a samurai. He was basically stuck in his morph form, and uh, he would disguise himself as like side characters and teach the main, yes. yeah, and teach the main team a lesson. When he, the disguises he used were actually uh, basically played by previous Sentai actors, former Rangers from other teams from the past. That was pretty cool, especially since it's not an anniversary season. Also, something I, uh, that isn't mentioned here that it's just a tiny little thing. Um, whenever the Samurai Ranger goes into his, I guess they call it his fire mode or blast mode or something like that. Yeah, where he takes off his vest. Yeah. Now, the the fun thing is that for the American version, they added a little scene where after he removes the vest and it hit when it hits the ground and causes this, the big crack in the ground to show that it's like a heavy vest. Yeah. That part where it hits the ground and causes the big cracking, that's American. That five second thing is American. Uh, in the Japanese version, he just takes it off, and then it goes away. <laughs> so that I mean, it's not a huge deal. It's just just kind of interesting to note that um, that's it's yeah. The Japanese don't consider that to be a heavy vest. All right, I found the actual name. You're not going to believe this. Super Samurai Mode. Of course. Yeah, of course it is. Oh, because nothing says Super Samurai Mode like fire. And why not have a super samurai mode when you have samurai? I mean, it makes 
perfect normal sense. Anyway, uh, it is the first and currently only season to have exactly three morphing calls, as opposed to like, you know, two and a half or three and three quarters. These morphing calls were Ninja Storm Ranger Form, Thunderstorm Ranger Form, and Samurai Storm Ranger Form. Original. The Ninja Storm is also the first series to use Ha as part of the morphing call. Because before that, they said, Huh! Kind of uh, strange Jason Frank wouldn't just incorporate it into, into his morphing call anyways. Can't expect that from him. <laughs> well, you know, he had his own thing. Yeah, he, he just did that during the fight instead. Yeah. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> Which it's actually funny. He does do that, even when uh, it's. He does that in the MMA fights, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, actually, like I, um, I think since the last time, uh, I took up kendo a few months ago. It turns out, like in an actual match, if you don't do the yells, your points don't count. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> if you don't do the, if you don't do the yells, if you don't do it uh, correctly, then your your strikes do not count, uh, at least in kendo. So. Kendo, where the moves are made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> Early in Ninja Storm, it is suggested that all previous series were just comic books, thereby retconning them out of the series canon and making Ninja Storm the first real Power Ranger series. However, this proved highly controversial and the sub and the concept was abandoned. Though the comic book line doesn't necessarily invalidate the continuity, as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles assumed that the Rangers were just comic book characters and shell-socked. Because, you know, no one ever notices giant robots saving cities and you know the world from alien invasion it doesn't make the news i mean there's the person on the corner selling stuff to get his kid through college i mean you know well you know in his in the span when the attack happened in the 90s the attack happened like less than a span of an hour i kind of think like it's gonna be hard to get footage of them so maybe it's well yeah but even if they didn't have footage of the actual attack there was a spaceship <laughs> on the ground. Oh, no, yeah, I'm saying, like, okay, pre uh, in space, I'm talking about the turtles, though. They have reached oh. They're not, they're, they aren't. But, you know, a giant spaceship lands, a giant, perp, a giant half-cyborg woman appears in the sky and tells you to surrender. That is, unex- that is uh, undeniable truth, or proof of alien life. Yeah. I don't know. Even if you didn't have the, couldn't have too much footage. I'm thinking that the giant dragon, uh, Serpentera, landing in Angel Grove, uh, and causing lots of destruction, and the constant robot battles. I'm sure they would start putting up cameras in places where they could just go. Okay, here they go. Turn on the cameras. So, yeah, I'm I don't not know. I'm just like, yeah. there's something, there's nowhere near enough uh, possible uh, reason why they think they're not real, but there's some. Yeah. Plus, she's blonde. I think that was actually, uh, or I remember Shane being more adamant that they're not real. Well, up there. <laughs> it's funny because they're also ninjas. <laughs> or trading to be ninjas. No, people don't think ninjas are real either. <laughs> Hello, ninjas were, ninjas were real. Yeah, and there's still people like like training in in, in the uh, ninja arts. Exactly. 
best. Exactly. Okay, uh, where were we? Uh, the uh, an episode. Uh, Mari, Mara and Capri, who are the nieces of Lothor, mentioned that the boys from Triforia are three times as cute as Earth. This is obviously a throwback to Trey, the original Gold Ranger who split into three people, as we mentioned earlier. Um, this is the first series to have only one female ranger um, for a full series. Uh, technically, the alien rangers Delphine is the only female on her team, but it was only they were only around for about ten episodes, so it doesn't count as a full season. Uh, apparently, in season three, it is revealed by Tori that Dustin's episode three. What I say, season? Yes. Of course, I did. And see, I almost did it again. Mm. <coughs> In episode three, it's revealed by Tori that Dustin's real name is Waldo. So I guess that answers the question of where he is. <laughs> as soon as uh, you said the word Waldo, I thought you were going to go there. <laughs> this is the first Power Rangers series to have a female Blue Ranger, and the first since Alien Rangers miniseries to have a male Yellow Ranger. There was an early concept for Ninja Storm called Hexagon by Forever Red writer Amit Balmik. Balmik. Um, and he would keep the core three rangers, but it would deviate heavily from Hurricaneer. Balmick's plot involved the return of Tommy, joining forces with different previous rangers to form a larger fighting force. However, the Phantom Ranger would oppose this. Um, Balmick has not stated his intended reason and would form his own group of rangers, starting a civil war of sorts between the two ranger factions. However, the idea was discarded in production due to the unforeseen complications and expenses of using the American actors, as well as producing all new non-Sentai footage. This may or may not be a real citation, or a real note, I've but heard I've heard it before, so I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Um, Amit is was also a... Um, an actual Power Rangers fan who got to work on the show. So he knows a lot of the continuity and is always trying to find ways to bring back old stuff. And, um, yeah, but, that uh, would be... That old, like, Scorpion Rain thing, the stuff uh, that explained yeah. what happened between Zeo and Turbo. Yeah, he uh, came up with something. Well, no, like, when he was writing Forever Red, he, he thought that would be continuity. So that's why Forever Red kind of... I have a lot of Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. That and the fact it's Power Rangers. So, um, This is the first Power Rangers series not to use the phrase power down to morph back to normal, instead using ninja form. Although this really only happens once. Okay. <laughs> uh, ninja Storm starts a trend where actors in the season at one point or another appeared on the New Zealand TV series The Tribe. That's because this is the first season in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, Sally Martin had a guest role in the show's fourth season. James Napier, who played Eric McKnight in the Ninja Storm finale, uh, played the role of Jay in seasons four and five. And um, bunch of other people. There's a bunch of other what? There's a, yeah, there's a bunch of other people. Yeah, and a bunch of other people from other seasons that I'm not going to get into because they're not in Ninja Storm. Yeah. Although since uh, James Napier, who was Connor McKnight, his grand uncle or grandfather was the butler in the Adam West Batman. Seriously? Yeah. Alan Napier? Yeah. Whoa. We just brought Power Rangers and Batman together. 
That is freaky. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about Ninja Storm? Ranger form. <laughs> uh, not much. Although, I missed part of the first episode, so the whole hamster sensei thing was confusing. For a while. I, I accepted it eventually. Oh. Well, yeah, that can, that can throw you off. <laughs> I, um, I was, I just, since there are so many aliens, like aliens are kind of a staple of power range, I was like, there must be a space danger. Was... Yeah, I um, I didn't completely understand how that happened either. Except that by the time I the, the first episode I watched, they kind of explained that he used to be human and that somehow Lothor turned him uh, into whatever. Um, but oh. yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see the first I didn't actually see the first episode until I actually bought the DVD, <laughs> which was. After the series, in fact, that um, yeah, uh, until after this was and that would, huh? That would have been after Dino Thunder had already started when I bought the DVD. Uh, I uh, well, I think the okay. The reason was one of two things. Uh, he was trying to uh, like their magic hit him. I guess maybe one of them was trying to turn the other one into a hamster, and since Lotho overpowered him, he got turned into a hamster or a guinea pig. Guinea- Guinea pig enhancer with a lot of light sounds pretty. So, anyways, he got turned into a guinea pig. Or, Lothar meant to do that. And he locked him in that form. Huh. Just to humiliate him. Huh. Yeah, I mean, come on, Lothar is the kind of guy who would you know, turn him into a guinea pig. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's a com- yeah, he's a complete ass. Yeah, he took. He'd he, do that. Look, I'm turning you into a guinea pig. I'm stealing all your students. Ah. <laughs> In your face, brother. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah, the fact that brother kind of lead, or kind of uh, lends credence to this theory. If I, I don't know if you have any siblings, but if I was, you know, just really wanted to stick it to one of my brothers, I'd do something like that. If I was facing you. <laughs> well, and if you were both, I facing, might, but I think my mom would get mad at me and make me change them back, and that wouldn't be any fun. Uh, well, according to. Ninja Law or whatever, he's dead, so he's not his brother anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, moving right along. <laughs> uh, we're going to get philosophical about Ninja Storm. Um, moving right along is the series Power Rangers Dino Thunder. Which was, ran for 38 episodes uh, from February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2004, to November 20th, 2004, and is adapted, and I'm going to say this one because 
this is my favorite. Uh, it's adapted from the Japanese series Bakuru Sentai Avarenja. There you go. Huh? Um, oh, they don't do that. It's it's like a dinosaur squadron uh, Alba Ranger. Yeah, you're very close. Uh, basically, Bakugou is like an amalgamation. It's sort of like Blastosaur. Or like Blastosaurus. Oh, yeah. Dragon. Blastosaurus Sentai Alba uh, Ranger. Yeah. Of course, they don't. Uh, Translate it here, so it's true. So thank you, by the way, by uh, for picking the the one I could say and then like just killing it. Yes. I want to thank well, you for that. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I, I like the Japanese version better. Yeah. Um, Dr. Tommy Oliver, once the world's greatest Power Ranger, has now retired as a science teacher at Reefside High after the destruction of his lab and the disappearance of his partner, Anton Mercer. As a mild-mannered, misspelled science teacher, he finds himself stuck under the authority of the secretly villainous Principal Randall. When she puts him in charge of detention, he brings Connor, a hotshot soccer player, Ethan, a championship game, a champion gamer, and Kira, a lone musician, along on a field trip to a museum. While the doctor's away, the bickering students fall into an underground lab where they find the Dino Gems, which give them superhuman abilities. When Dr. Oliver learns that Mesagog, the one responsible for destroying his lab, has returned, he recruits the trio to become Power Rangers to fight against evil. With the power of the Dino Gems on their side, they must awaken robotic dinosaurs called Dinozords, also sometimes referred to as the Biozords, which are a fusion of dino DNA and technology. When Mezagog uncovers another Dino Gem, Dr. Oliver must intervene and get a hold of it before it's able to be used for evil. As his students learn about his history as a Power Ranger, Tommy must reignite his past by bonding with the new Dino Gem and he can lead the team as the Black Power Ranger. Tommy fights against the evil Zeltrax when he discovers that Zeltrax has a score to settle with him. He was once a colleague of his, known as, known as Terrence Smith, a.k.a. Smitty. But after trying to compete with Tommy for a job, he was fatally wounded in a lab accident. Rebuilt as Zeltrax, he fights for revenge against Dr. Oliver. Anton Mercer later appears in Reefside after Tommy thought he had died in the explosion. Tommy is given more surprise to learn that Trent is his adopted son. But when Trent begins to question his father's actions, he follows him through an invisible portal where he finds himself in Mezagog's island fortress. After uncovering a dino gem tainted by evil, he is overtaken by its power, transforming into the evil White Ranger. Discovering that Anton is Mezagog, Trent joins the ranks of his evil army. But Anton reveals that Mezagog is a result of an experiment gone wrong, a side of himself that he can't control. As Anton fights the spell of Mezagog to save Trent, he accidentally destroys the evil of the dino gem. As the White Ranger, he joins the other Power Rangers, hoping that his father can find a way to save himself as well. As the Power Rangers begin to unlock the full potential of their Dino Gems, Tommy and Trent unveil the Shield of Triumph, a legendary power. With the combined power of the five Dino Gems, Connor steps up to accept his destiny by transforming into the Triassic Power Ranger. And that gets you about three quarters of the way through the series, and then they forget to tell you what happens in the rest of it. Basically, the Rangers win. Also happening this season... Uh, is our first team up between the two uh, that we've had since you know the the series moved over to New Zealand uh, as the Ninja Storm Rangers return. They showed up in two episodes called Thunderstorm. 
the former rangers are shown settled into their new careers. Blake goes to Reefside, the location of the Dinos Thunder series, to compete in a motocross tournament and meets Connor, Ethan, and Kira when he's there. They go to watch him compete, but are perplexed. They go to watch him compete, but are perplexed when he's suddenly called away after the race. Meanwhile, Lothor claws his way out of the abyss of evil. He forms an alliance with Mezagog, and posing as Sensei Watanabe, brainwashes Shane, Tori, and Dustin into taking corrupted power discs, which turns them into Lothor's side. Not it turns them into his side. (laughs) Turns them to his side. They recapture the students of the Wind Ninja Academy and beat back the three primary Dino Thunder Rangers. Hunter, Blake, and Cam enter the Abyss of Evil and fight off Zergain to regain their lost powers. As the Wind Ninja and Dino Thunder Rangers duel unmorphed, Hunter, Blake, and Cam appear and cure the Wind Rangers of their mind control using the true Wind Power Discs. The two teams of Rangers, including Trent and Tommy, Meet with Mezagog and Lothor's combined forces, obliterating it and causing Elsa to flee. Mezagog and Lothor duel for supremacy. They seem to be evenly matched until Mezagog uses his mind powers to shrink Lothor to the size of an action figure, very collectible, and traps him in a jar. At the end, it is discovered that when the Ninja Storm Ranger's powers were extracted from the Abyss of Evil, they only had enough energy for one last battle, so they returned to their normal lives, leaving the Dino Thunder Rangers to protect the world. Both teams watch Blake win the motocross tournament, and that's where it ends, other than the fact that you see, um, uh, what's her name? Mara and Cassidy, uh, check each other, uh, see each other, and say that the other, that the, the girl is pretty, but they're prettier, which is a joke because of the fact that they're both played by the same actress. As such, I have nothing further to say. What is your favorite part of Dino Thunder? Uh, just either Trent or the fact that Tommy's back. Yeah, that's probably it. Also, um, I forgot his name. Uh, the actor who plays uh, Anton Mercer. He was he was great as both Anton Mercer and as Medicog. He uh, he's one of the actors who can really like act through their prosthetics. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's like two separate mouths in those breast in that mesogog mouth. He's got like one part attached to his jaw, but then his lips are actually his lips. Yeah. So it looks like he's got two two. Oh, it's it's a it's kind of it's kind of creepy actually. Yeah. It's a really cool uh, prosthetic mask there. Um, and your least favorite part? Oh, the uh, Lost in Translation episode. Oh, Lost and Found in Translation, where they watch an episode of Ranger. Yeah, they could have picked a better episode. <laughs> but all the better episodes were the ones they were actually tra- uh, turning into Power Rangers episodes. So, yeah. yeah. I, think just needed a, uh, I think it needed a filler episode and they didn't want to do another clip show. Well, it's definitely an episode that allowed them to uh, save some money. Yeah. They literally sit on the couch the whole time and watch a TV show. And then the what they're watching is basically uh, some of the same actors just dubbing over it. So... I think that uh, the In Your Dreams episode was a better way to handle some of that stuff. Um, some of the weird monster battles and um, Zord battles, they put them into that episode as dreams, since they're weird anyway. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a pretty interesting way to do it, especially since um, they didn't really have any episodes that occur over Christmas. 
and Trent has a dream about going with his mom to help Christmas shop, and they end up fighting the monster that the Alba Rangers fought during their Christmas episode. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I got a but, question yeah. about Alba Ranger. Um, the Zords talk in that one. Yes, they were sentient beings. And I guess it was pulled off better than uh, get Lost Galaxy did. Uh, yeah, they uh, these they were basically uh, just more characters. Yeah. For the show, uh, I mean, they weren't quite as important as the humans, but yeah, they you know you could have full conversations. Uh, the 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 uh, Tyrannosaurid, or the Japanese version of the Tyrannosaurid, um, had had, a, had shared something in common with the Red Ranger because uh, he had also had a child. Oh yeah, well, from what I know, gone. the Red Ranger didn't, like he had a little sister. He basically raised her. It's kind of a niece. Oh okay. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, the actual Zord, yeah, the actual Zord uh, had a, had a, had a family, a child, they've all, you know, they, they could all be hurt. And so they were, you know, it just basically gave you like several more heroes and the white Rangers Zord was about as blase, slightly evil as the white Ranger was. It was pretty interesting. And then the. The Stegazord was just, uh, you know, basically listening to whoever would talk to it. <laughs> was it was a uh, attention to five puppy? Yeah, pretty much. It's like I can't help myself. I just have to help them. The only annoying part, though, was that each of them had this little thing they had to say in their speech. Like uh, I want to say, um, like, uh, like the infamous Doctor Bio. Sort of different series, but yeah. Uh, it's like um, I think uh, the yellow the the pterodactyl had to say Terra, <laughs> but so it was like I'm so sorry Terra. <laughs> what are you going to do now Terra? You know that kind of thing. Uh, I think most just about all of them had it. But yeah, um, I realize that, that would, I don't realize that would get annoying after a while, but for until it gets annoying, it's kind of funny. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then of course they could talk through the morpher, so the mouthpiece on the morpher would change. Or would move, oh. and if if a different sword wanted to talk, then um, the the faceplate on the on the morpher would change yeah, to was, whatever sword. I was gonna say, how are they full character? They're gigantic. They can't be on on camera all the time. Gonna yeah, so that. they talk through the morphers and the uh, the 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 brachy the brachiosaurid. Um, whenever it comes up, it spouts some kind of I don't know if it's a proverb or just <laughs> some kind of interesting saying but it always has something to say when it comes up to bring up the the rest of the swords. oh it's like a slow moving grandpa moving sort grandpa. of yeah yeah <laughs> oh, and okay. the um the, the green one the uh office yes um it's uh when when it landed it apparently picked up some spanish cool so it says senor a lot in japanese <laughs> It's kind of funny. I think it says like C and stuff, but yeah, it's basically like a, Jap- a Japanese Mexican like bleach. sword. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Okay, my favorite part, other than the Thunderstorm two-parter, I just love the fact that they brought the dinosaurs back. The Japanese version of this series is what brought me, uh, got me back interested in Power Rangers again. So to see to have this series come on and be an American Power Rangers was awesome to have time back was uh, you know icing on the cake and there were some connections to 
they tried to bring in some connections to the old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, especially since, you know, you had a red Tyrannosaurus and a blue Triceratops. I mean, come on. Also, um, the thing I did not like probably was the way they kind of messed up the White Ranger. They didn't... Basically, in the Japanese version, the White Ranger stays evil until, like... Spoilers. Um, the, the White Ranger dies. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the White Ranger's power is a... What's the word I want to use? Uh, like experimental power. Yeah. And it turned out to be too strong and was not, not unbalanced. But it uh, wasn't really safe. And um, every time he, he used it, he was getting closer and closer to causing it to explode. And if he did that, it could destroy the entire world. Um, over the course of the series, he, he gets... Actually, over the course of the series, he gets more and more evil before he starts becoming more and more good. And by the end of the series, when he finally sort of joins the Rangers... Um, he gets to the point where the power is actually starting to kill him and he realizes he needs to leave the earth before he explodes. So he gets on his Zord and they fly off into space and it blows up. So it saves the earth. They didn't want to have uh, Trent evil that long. So he does have a few episodes where he's a bad guy Ranger and fights against the good guy Rangers. But after only a few episodes, he breaks the, breaks the spell or the spell is broken and he becomes a good guy but they use this um, copy machine monster yeah. that actually makes a copy of the white ranger and it's a it's an evil ranger so for several episodes you've got the two white rangers fighting each other and during that time Trent is weak as a kitten uh, in his white ranger mode um and they're both drawing on the same uh, power pool. Right. And eventually it gets to a point where it's causing problems. And I think just in time for the Thunderstorm two-parter, um, the, they finally resolve that particular issue. But yeah, that, I think that, that's the problem is just having the two White Rangers and Trent kind of becomes pointless <laughs> at that point. Um, yeah. And then the the, the Smitty thing, because so many people were hoping it was, like, Jason coming back, or... You want Jason to be evil. They want, yeah, they want right, something well, to destroy his, his reputation. Yeah, so, well, not so much that, just a, a former ranger that would have a grudge against Tommy. Or a former someone, or, like... Yeah, because yeah, cause it's supposed to be, you know, someone that has specific problems with the Black Ranger. And so they were thinking, you know, Jason would be cool to have, but didn't happen um beyond that i i just have a really soft spot for this series and it is uh one of my favorites as far as notes about the series let's see power rangers dino thunder is the first series since in space to actually have rangers attend high school um thunderstorm part two is the first episode in normal and crossover continuity in which the rangers use almost every single weapon from their arsenals and that's both se- both teams. It's the first series. It's the first season where a ranger wanted to give up being a ranger for no other reason than it interfered with his personal life, which Connor did in like the third episode. The episode "Legacy of Power" marks the 500th episode of Power Rangers, and it's a commemorative clip show where Tommy, who had been kidnapped by Mezagog, narrates the exploits of all the previous teams, uh, and it featured every 
incarnation of the Power Rangers except for the Alien Rangers up to that point. Uh, most notably, Blue Centurion, Phantom Ranger, and Magnet Defender do not appear. Uh, no, nor do Joel Rawlings or Cole Evans unmorphed. The beginning of the episode had the caption commemorating 500 episodes. May the power live on forever. Mm. And at this rate, it seems like it will be. Um, one episode featured the Dino Thunder Rangers watching a dubbed version of Abba Ranger, which is um, Daoud's favorite episode. Mm. Um, this episode had a great deal's worth of footage cut and replaced with the Dino Thunder Rangers making comments, though. Most of the original dialogue ha also had been completely changed. All of the original terms for weapons and attacks, as well as the main character names, had been changed. The Alba Rangers were also called Dino Rangers in this dub. Many Sentai fans have criticized Disney for this dub, stating that it was a mockery of the Sentai franchise and made made it seem that Sentai was based off Power Rangers. In truth, it's the exact opposite. On the other hand, some Sentai fans actually compliment the episode, seeing it as an amusing nod towards Power Rangers source material. A lot of the stuff that had to be cut was basically the Zord footage, basically. Um, they, they cut all that out just so, you know, because how can you, quote-unquote, imitate the Zords so closely, I guess. Uh, in the first season, it is the first season where the team's mentor becomes a ranger himself. Although a Ninja Storm Sensei Watanabe does be technically become a, the Red Ranger and the Yellow Ranger, but it's due to some mind-swapping. It, it's a funny episode, but... This marks the first time that the, the two Power Rangers teams from different series have ever come to blows with each other. Yeah. Uh, the two-part pilot titled Day of the Dino makes reference to the first MMPR episode, Day of the Dumpster. It's the first series to feature a non-Red Ranger receiving the additional vehicles since Zane in Power Rangers in Space. And this would be uh, Ethan, the Blue Ranger, getting the cool flying motorcycle. Because, you know, dinosaurs. Um, Dino Thunder is extremely similar to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in a number of ways. The main carrier Zord is the Brachiosaurus. The extra ranger has a dragon-based sword. The main dinosaurs are based on the same dinosaurs as the red, blue, and pink swords in Mighty Morphin. Tommy Oliver joins the rangers after the core members receive their powers. It's also notable the personality of the rangers are the same. For instance, Connor McKnight is analog and is similar yeah, to Jason Lee Scott. Thank you. Uh, to Jason Lee Scott in that they're both jock types. Ethan is similar to Billy as a technology expert. Kira is a combination of Kim. No, Kira is a combination of Kimberly and Trini, and that she has musical talents. Uh, Trent is similar to Tommy, where he was new to town and he first was evil, but broke the spell and joined the Rangers. Cassidy Cornell and Devin play a very similar role to Bulk and Skull. Episode 18, Bully for Ethan. Kira discovered a photo of the original Power Rangers, Tommy, Jason, Kimberly, Billy, Trini, and Zack, and made reference to Tommy's old look. Because, you know, he had long hair, and in this series it's shorter, but he's got this little chin goatee that looks like he dribbled some hair out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the first season where the word go is not sung in the opening theme song. Uh, the only other time that's happened is um, Power Rangers RPM. Dino Thunder has the most crossovers with other rangers. Four. It should be noted that when Dr. Tommy Oliver arrives at Reefside High School, he's wearing his last ranger color from Turbo, which is red. Despite this, in the flashback scene, which airs right after the opening credits in Day of the Dino Part 1, Tommy wears a black t-shirt under a gray shirt, which is almost the same with what he wears in the Day of the Dino Part 2. Well, you know, he's... he's Rewears clothing, that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
Its team-up episodes were the first to have Rangers pair up by gender instead of color. Previous seasons had red versus red, blue versus blue, yellow, yellow, pink, pink, black versus black or green, etc. The pairs in this season's team-up were red, red, male, blue, male, yellow, female, yellow, female, blue, white, green, black, navy, and crimson. That is a lot of fun to read. You should try reading it sometime. This is the first series to have a... Something cool is, uh, so here, Tommy's worth two rangers? Of course he is. of course he is. He's Tommy. I just felt like pointing out. Uh, As they call him, he's Jeebus. (laughs) He's Tommy. Uh, This is the first series to have a toy-exclusive ranger. I don't know which one that is. Yeah, it's it's another Phantom Ranger. Oh, cool. Uh, This is the only Power Ranger season with only five heroes. Well, yeah, technically, okay, yeah. Up till then, I used to. Yeah. In the episode Diva in Distress, the song playing when Kylie Styles walks down the escalator was the same song Capri and Mara sang on Ninja Storm when they had the talent show. Due to the lack of a pink ranger in this series, Cassidy Cornell seems to wear a lot of pink. In MMPR, the Zords were never the, given the name Dinosaurs until episode 5. <laughs> That's funny that they say never given the name until episode 5 out of like... A hundred and some episodes of yeah. MMPR. Never. <laughs> uh, but it was Billy who named them. In, in Dino Thunder, the name of the Zords was given as Biozords because of the dinosaur DNA and robotics together. But after that, they're called Dinozords. The White Dino Ranger is the only Ranger in Dino Thunder to not have the Dino Thunder insignia on his chest. Also true. <laughs> Technically, though, he's wearing a vest. Maybe it's under there. Yeah, I, I was about to say that. Or, I'm sorry, a shield. Not a vest. And this is the first white ranger whose zord is not based off of a white tiger. Aside from the alien ranger. Also true. So, yay. And, and, and that That's pretty much it for Dino Thunder. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? And Napier with the, with the grandson of the butler to Batman. Still? Yes. <laughs> okay, um... This is gonna. Uh, this is kind of connect. This is be a good segue to next season, actually. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Kira, Kira's actress, uh, Emma Lahana. Uh, she was actually in a relationship with the Red Ranger from next season, uh, Brandon. Meinster? Uh Brandon something. <laughs> McLaren. McLaren, thank you. Brandon McLaren. Uh, they were living together in Vancouver. Uh, I don't think they're still together. I don't think they're right now. Well, I know she's married. Yeah? Oh. Yeah, to somebody. Okay. Next up is Power Rangers SPD. SPD Emergency! Side, you must for all time have to save the universe. 
This series also ran for 38 episodes. I'm detecting a pattern. It ran from February 5th, 2005 to November 14th, 2005, and is adapted from the Japanese series... Tokuso Sentai Dekaranger. Almost as good as when you hear it on the show. Well, you can say it in an actual accent if you want. No, 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 no. Okay. It's fine. We're good, we're good. Okay. You keep, you keep, yeah. This one takes place in the future. Uh, in the year 2025, where Earth has opened its doors to allow alien beings from distant planets to, co- to, co- to co-inhabit with humans. Commander Kruger, by the way, is a dog. A giant blue dog with scales. Well, he's... His, uh, his real name is Anubis. Yes, Doggy Kruger. And, and he has dreadlocks. He's badass. He must... He, he, he is, especially when he's morphed. Um, but anyway, Commander Kruger must train the SPD Academy to become the next generation of Power Rangers to protect the Earth against the evil Emperor Grum and his Trubian Empire. The newest group of heroes are the Power Rangers SPD, Space Patrol Delta. When the A Squad, the best of the best Power Rangers, are captured, Kruger is forced to call upon the B Squad to take their place. The Rangers have to come a long way and eventually accept two street rats, like Aladdin and the monkey, uh, into their squad to learn the true meaning of teamwork. They all learn that they, they all learn they have the same origin as their parents worked for SPD in creating the technology of their Delta Morphers. This caused them to inherit unique powers, and by using these powers, they discover how to come together as a team and help save the world. Commander Kruger must claim vengeance against those that destroyed his home planet Sirius, not the satellite radio, by becoming the Shadow Ranger. Uh, a, a, which is interesting because there is no way that snout fits in that helmet. Well, it's Just obviously saying. that inside the helmet is some kind of transdimensional thing where his snout goes into another, um, another dimension while he's marked. Because science... <laughs> uh, I wonder what it smells like in that other dimension. If someone was making pie, would that be all he smelled? It's like it's like Cyclops. His eyes are a portal to a, to a, a realm, or energy realm. He's just channeling it all through. Uh huh. Yeah, that's how his powers work. I'll go with it. Yeah. Um, as the Shadow Ranger, Doggy must lead and train the B Squad to victory against Emperor Grum. He must prove to Supreme Commander Birdie, who is in fact a giant bird, that he and the Power Rangers have what it takes to defeat Grum with the help of Cat. Believe it or not, is a cat woman. <laughs> not a thief, but a cat-like woman. And the new Delta ATV. Seriously? The ATV? Yes. His four-wheeler? Okay. When the Rangers receive a message from 15 years in the future stating that Earth was overtaken on that day, the mysterious Omega Ranger appears from the future to aid the Rangers in defeating Morgana, Devastation, and Shorty. (laughs) Shorty? Seriously. Uh, Sam joins the Rangers until Cat can find a way to return them to his own time. When the A Squad return and capture Commander Kruger, the B Squad must face them. Meanwhile, Grum has transformed his ship into the body for Omni, his superior. As Broodwing has also invaded the Delta base, the Power Rangers must combine their efforts to contain their enemies, which they do, defeating all the bad guys, winning the day, Jack retires, that's the Red Ranger, and 
And uh, Sky, who who was the Blue Ranger and wanted to be the Red Ranger, was very upset that some rookie came in to be the Red Ranger, becomes the Red Ranger. And when the series ends, there's only three Rangers. Four Rangers. There's only four of them. And, 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 and the Green Ranger, uh, Sky, no, Bridge, not Trip, uh, that's Time Force. Um, look at that. Uh, bridge goes from green to blue. It's kind of a move up. But for some reason, the girls don't get promoted because I don't know why. And that's the story of Power Rangers SPD. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and just say and apologize. At about this point was when I kind of stopped watching Power Rangers because of the fact that it, I kind of was so hung up on SPD that it just this just didn't work for me. So I didn't watch as much, so I, I don't know much as much about this stuff. So that's why some of this stuff is a little like I'm laughing at it. Um, Dowd? I had sim some problems uh, because they because of preemptions. That episode uh -huh. with uh, where someone some bad guy escaped from the prison satellite on KO thirty five and Jack has to like stop him. I missed that episode entirely. Um, oh, that's a good episode. Yeah. So it's the second part of it. Was it two part? Yep. Wait, no, 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 not the one with, uh, it turns out, the, the guy, the mirror guy. I'm talking about the uh, other, uh, the one-parter episode where it's Jack and that one scientist. Oh, that one, yeah. okay. No, I, I, luckily I caught the two-parter with uh, this guy and the guy who killed his dad, basically. Yeah, that was a cool one. That was a cool one. Uh, I'll give this a, I don't know, give it about a three, or three or four out of five. Oh man, you're gonna do that now? No, 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 no! I'm just like just trying to <laughs> trying to like, just uh, convey my feelings about the series. Okay, good. Because I'm like, um, we're on season thirteen. <laughs> we started at five, no four, tonight. Although, yeah, uh, and, and now you're gonna start grading them. No. Okay, okay, right. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> okay, let's see. Good points. Um, these were actual cops. Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. They're actual. They're basically, well, not to, not to make the pun out of this, but they're basically the SWAT. Ah. <laughs> oh, anyone who doesn't get that, uh, they actually got us power up with, for the entire team, SWAT mode. Yeah, it was cool. They had these cool vests, and, and the numbers on them lit up, and it was really cool. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 guns. the greatest part about that for writing stuff, in terms of writing, is... These were there the entire time, but to unlock them, they had to pass a training. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, I mean, like, if you got ranger powers, you're going to have the power up there, but you don't want a cop, like, uh, holding a weapon that he's not qualified for. So you have to become qualified for the squad mode. Yeah, but just imagine, what if they accidentally activated it before they were ready? I think Sergeant Silverback needed to activate them for him. Oh. I didn't get to see that episode, actually. Well, what the heck? Yeah, I I was like, wait, what's this thing? What's this SWAT mode thing? <laughs> I was like, did they have this before? Yeah, I never got to see Sergeant Silverback. I never got to see that episode where the SWAT Megazord blew up that, that meteor that was coming to Earth. 
Oh, that was I, I saw that one. That was a good one. Uh, that was another one where they had to really use the uh, come up with the American version of the cockpits. Uh, just because of the fact that uh, there is uh, there are unmorphed sequences uh, in the cockpits. Th- this was also one of those series where. Um, oh, you know what? I'm gonna. Well, no, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, in the Japanese version, okay, okay. In order to in both the, both both versions, in order to get rid of the bad guys, uh, once they finally have the villain defeated, they do what was co- what's what was called as judgment time. And this is in both series, and the the morphers or their devices, whatever you want to call them, um, were connected to some SBD kind of tribunal thing, which judge, which would be which would be kind of the judge and jury of the villain, and you know they would say guilty or innocent most of the time guilty, but you know when the plot said that they needed an innocent, they would be innocent. Now, in the Japanese version, what this meant was that once, the, if they were guilty, they were um, basically given, it's kind of execution or deletion or however you want to look at it. That's basically at the point where the rangers would uh, take their, you know, do whatever they need to do to get their weapons charged up to do the final blast that makes the bad guy blow up. Um, in the Japanese, or in the American version, they basically did the same thing except the difference was that instead of killing them they were contained in these little cards collect them all yeah um so i had a uh, well there was a theory, there the blue centurion actually showed up in an episode where uh i two of them or i think it was bridge and uh sky were playing a video game or something maybe they're watching a uh or a fight a video from a fight blue centurion and the fact that uh, Sky's dad, his helmet, uh, basically was a time force thing. Mm-hmm. So this kind of created a thing uh, that the research of the uh, of the chronomorphers kind of sort of led to the SPD stuff. Lightspeed eventually evolved into uh, SPD. SPD eventually evolved into time force. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, that's and also cool. the, uh, I just so I don't forget this part, uh, Blue Centurion came from about the year 2000. That would have been, uh, go ahead. In the year 2000. And one. <laughs> <laughs> and one. And one. Uh, Blue Centurion came back. It would kind of make sense that he was uh, a member, or at least affiliated with some kind of organization like SPD. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. But as you're saying, uh, Decaranger. Yes. So yeah, that that was one of the big differences. Uh, they would instead of actually killing, basically killing or destroying the bad guy, they put them inside these. Uh, what you want to call them? It's just some kind. Of, they called containment them containment cards. Containment cards. And you know that way you could put them in a little book. Um, it's it's very similar to the whole uh, freezing them and putting them back in their containment jars or whatever from Time Force. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, well, to be honest, I think the containment cards are a superior method. Oh, yeah, because, you know, they get to still move around in those things. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, okay, you cryo-freeze someone, then you wake them up when their sentence is over. What's different about them? There's, well, they'll be warmer. I mean, yeah, they've, you, know, you go into cryogenic containment, you come out, you, 
nothing has happened to you. You're still the same evil mastermind that went in. But if you're in a containment car, you're stuck in there, and you still think. Exactly. Yes. Also, the uh, whole containment card thing, actually, in, uh, because of it, it caused one of the weapons that, that the rangers used to actually have to be redesigned in order to ex uh, be able to use the card instead of using the, uh, basically, the morpher. Uh, the, uh, it's the, I think it's their, uh, the guns they have when they're in SWAT mode. Oh, the uh, Delta Enforcer. Uh, yeah, the Delta Enforcers. The uh, in the American version, they put a they slid a card in there, and then when they shoot and fire, it actually sends the card to collect the bad guy. I guess uh, in the Japanese version, they just placed their morpher in there and fired. Mm. Uh, at least, if it wasn't when they were, if that at least was the way it worked when they were in the Delta Force Megazord or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, or the SWAT, SWAT Megazord. Sorry. The SWAT Megazord, when they put the SWAT Megazord in gun mode and have it fire at the whatever big robot they're fighting. Um, that's basically how that worked. Uh, so they had to redesign the gun, and because of that, they had to refilm the f that part of the footage every time because they had to have the footage match up with the toy in the stores. Uh, which is partially why they had to rebuild the cockpits because that was happening in the cockpits. Mm. True fact. Yeah. Yes. All right. Favorite part of SPD? Uh, either Doggy or uh, what's his name? Boom. <laughs> Boom. The Orange Ranger. <laughs> yeah. SPD zero. Was that a zero? Uh, yeah. Zero. Okay. All right. Uh, and your least favorite part? Might be uh, Grum's acting. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, now, my favorite was probably that episode we talked about with the um, where Sky has to take out his yeah. – Dad's killer, and also some of the connections that they have in the cameos from pre from other powers, Power Ranger seasons, like uh, Dow had mentioned, there was an episode that takes place on Ko thirty five. Blue Centurion does show up at one point, that kind of stuff, uh, and of course uh, that we see Sky's dad was basically in a uniform that was very similar. Actually, was basically the Time Force range, uh, Time Force uniform, and the costumes or the uniforms for the a squad the helmets were basically recolored um helmets from in space in space well i think the only so, one that was actually recolored was the uh the green one yeah because it was black yeah. but um yeah for the most part though that's pretty much the only changes that they made um but yes stuff like that i really liked what i did not like was the fact that they had one major villain. Basically, what I thought was kind of cool about the Japanese series, and I think the other reason I didn't get as much into this series is I started watching the Japanese one, um, the Japanese version, uh, which um, just seemed a little more adult in some way. As much as they made them like cops in the American version, they, they did even more to make them like cops in the Japanese version, to the point where they were literally solving murders and kidnappings and you know 
dusting for fingerprints, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, going undercover. It was just, I, I, kind of, I liked some of that stuff. The thing I didn't like was Grum. Yeah. The the idea was um, in the Japanese version is basically this is like alien organized crime. Kind of like Time Force. Yeah, kind of like Time Force. And unfortunately, the Japanese version does doesn't do that, and it's just or I'm sorry, the American version has basically one big bad guy to fight, and it just isn't quite the same. Although I will say that the finale was pretty cool. Yeah, and you've got some some of the unused monsters in when uh, Moro is running away from Doggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what it is is it just kind of takes away the whole um, the idea that there almost was like it was almost like a slightly more adult version, and by having Grum in there, it made it you know Power Rangers instead of like a mm-hmm. uh, police drama or a police procedural with that just happened to have yeah, superheroes the, uh, in it. Kid, even with the superhero, but I'm not sure how appealing that would have been to kids. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that it would have helped the kids at all if they had, or the kids would have enjoyed it had they done that. I'm just saying that, that one of the thing that's one of the things I liked about the Japanese version was just the fact that it was like that as opposed to the American version. Actually, there was um, uh, I thought about something that I feel like everyone's uh, every fan of Power Rangers grew up with it has sort of said and I've actually or expressed my actually said we all wish that Power Rangers would have grown up with its audience but since it, the the show is mainly supported by the toy sales it can't right yeah. you're right occasionally they can do something a little more mature like when they do when they did Time Force when they did In Space when they did RPM but yeah, for the most part, they have to remember that, and we have to remember, as hard as it is, uh, that Power Rangers is basically for like six to seven, year, six to eight year olds. So they can't go too much. Yeah. They can, you know, they can a little because you know that way you can have something that the kids will enjoy seeing, but and also the like, the parents will enjoy. Yeah, that's the uh, philosophy uh, of all like children's movies. If you don't have something for the parents to enjoy themselves, they're not taking the kids to the movie. If they just right. have to sit there for two hours, be bored out of their mind. Exactly. SPD ties with Power Rangers Wild Force for having the most Rangers in a single season at 19. Ironically, Tommy Oliver is included in the Rangers that appeared in both series, although he never appeared unmorphed in Wormhole, unlike in Forever Red. In fact, he was voiced by the guy that plays Trent doing an imitation of Tommy. Apparently, at Anime Central 2008, Jason David Frank stated that Disney never contacted him about returning for Wormhole. Uh, This is the first series to feature a pink ranger that did not have a skirted uniform. Uh, it's also the first time that a yellow ranger had no skirt, but has a legitimate female Sentai counterpart. As opposed to all the times that it was a male ranger and we made a female to kind of balance it out here in the States. Uh, going back um, to the um, uh, Jeffrey Pizarro, who played Trent, voicing him, they talked after that happened and he, and he just said, like, sorry man, like I, I had to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. He apologized. Yeah. There's, I don't think Tommy or Jason David Frank has any ill feeling towards him. Yeah. For it. 
Uh, it's the first time since Power- Time Force we've had a Pink Ranger. First season where the name is an anacronym. It's f- notable for featuring the first known Jewish Power Ranger, Bridge Carson. Uh, it's the first Power Ranger series to feature an active seventh Ranger. It's the first series to feature an Orange Ranger, imaginary or otherwise. It's the first series to feature a new Ranger who has the same name as the as a previous one, which would be Cat. Cat uh, Manx in this one becomes the Cat Ranger. And, of course, uh, which we'll get into in a minute, was not really a cat in the Japanese version. And then, of course, Cat Hilliard was the second MMR Pink Ranger, as well as the Zeo Pink Ranger on Zeo and the first Turbo Pink Ranger. Um, It's the first series to feature a new Ranger who shares a last name with a previous Ranger, but is not in any way related. Z, his last name is Delgado. And Danny Delgado, the Black Bison Ranger from Wild Force, share the same last name, but they're not really related. Um, according to the episode Zapped, Sid is a Jemin... She sure is. According to the episode Zapped, Sid is a Gemini. This would also make Jack a Gemini due to the fact in the episode Stakeout they decided to celebrate their birthdays on the same day. Uh, it is the first series to have an episode take place in Japan, the country from which the Super Sentai stuff originates. Uh, this is the first series in which one ranger morphs using their teammates' powers. Um, there ha- while there have been previous instances of the powers being passed on, this was only temporary. Uh, in the episode we mentioned before, in order to take down the villain that killed his father, Jack lets Sky morph into the Red Ranger one time. Which is weird, because you would think those would be DNA locked. You would think what? You would think that those, uh, the morphers, like, wouldn't be able to use it uh, by someone who isn't the actual assigned user. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. And you'd be wrong. Chris Warney said something about that early in the season. Oh, they probably did. Yeah. It's Power Rangers. This is the first to have three female Rangers on one team, and as of the final episode... They had four. Uh, this is a good point to bring up Cat, I guess. Okay. I don't know why they changed it. In the Japanese version, um, the female that takes care of all the uh, the mecha and everything is basically known as Swan. Yeah. And she's kind of... I mean, she's not like she's got a beak or anything, but she's kind of a swan. She's got, like bird feathers where her ears should be. Right, right. And when she morphs the one time, she becomes Deca Swan, surrounded by feathers. For some reason, they made, in Power Rangers, they made it, they changed it to Cat and made her like a feline woman. And when she morphs, she turns into the Cat Ranger, surrounded by feathers. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, whatever. I mean, not much we can do now, I guess. I mean, I guess it kind of looks like a cat when she's morphed, but she flies, so... Uh, anyway, okay, it's the first... Uh, this is the first series to have a female Red Ranger. By the way, her name's Charlie, which makes me feel special. <laughs> not only is it a girl, it's a bad guy girl. It's a bad girl. It's a Yes, bad girl. Anyway, uh, the producer, Bruce Kalish, said... That, or Kalish 
has said that he and the producers of the show had to convince Disney to use a female Red Ranger. And while it may be a small step now, it may one day lead to a full-time female Red Ranger on the show. But it would take Toei, the producer of Super Sentai, until 2009's Samurai Sentai Shinkinger to feature a female Red Ranger. It wasn't even there for the entire season. Right. Uh, nearing the end of the last episode, the possibility of another female Red Ranger was, post, was posed when Kruger suggested to Sky that he appoint Sid as the Red Ranger. Uh, this is the first series to coin the term Ranger Up, meaning as a preparation to morph. It's the first series to have members promoted to a new color, as I mentioned. In the final episode, Jack leaves SPD to be with his new girlfriend, so Sky is promoted to Red and Bridge becomes Blue Ranger. And like I said before, the girls stay the same. Power Rangers SPD is the second series where the Power Rangers belong to a law enforcement organization, the first time being Time Force. This time, it's the first that things are actually labeled police. However, in the first episode of Time Force, they were referred to as the Time Force Secret Police occasionally. Wait, were they really called the Secret Police? Huh? Do, do you actually remember them saying, like, they're the Secret Police? No, I haven't uh, watched the first episode of Time Force in a while. Oh, I'm just, I mean, I re- I, I'm calling in the secret police. You know what that kind of what kind of connotation that has. Saying secret police means they're they're looking out for the center, trying to basically you know trying to uh, yeah. restrict the rights of the citizens. Yeah, yeah, that's. And Probably why they stopped doing that after the first episode. Yeah, plus I don't actually remember anyone saying secret police. Um, Jack Landers is the first Power Ranger to voluntarily resign his position without any outside influence or peace conferences or obstacles determining his decision. All time global games. Exactly. Uh, it's the first series since Power Rangers in Space that the entire Power Rangers team did not battle the main villain in the final episode. As in this event, only... Shadow Ranger battles Emperor Grum in the finale. It's the first series since Time Force that the Rangers do not lose their powers in the final episode. However, unlike Time Force, their main Megazord is destroyed. It is the first series since Wild Force to not have its base of operations destroyed in the final episodes. Uh, This is the first series to feature an entire team of American-created Rangers, the A-Squad Rangers. Uh, The second series to feature any American-created Ranger, the first being Titanium Ranger, uh, and we already mentioned about their helmets. Um, it is the first series to end with the morphing call and show the logo in the final shot of the episode. In case you care. It's the first season where the monsters do not grow large sizes, but instead re- retreat to the cockpits of Zord-sized robots for the final battle. Um, kind of weird to imagine like, you know, someone smuggling Zord-sized robots onto Earth. Yeah, you're wondering how they do that. I mean, they're kind of huge. Got to pop out of nowhere, too. I know. Well, usually from underground, in fact. Uh, Endings Part 2 was the first episode since Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, to feature a non-Sentai monster fighting a Megazord. That's a long time. Uh, It's the first series to be fully set in a time other than the year of its airing, which was, was set in 2025 instead of... 2005, which is when it aired. The only other time they tried to do that was uh, Lost Galaxy, which started off in the future, but basically by the end of it, 
they were basically in present time, not because of any time travel. They just kind of dropped that. Yeah, I, uh, my theory about that is that the, they reverse engineered everything from the Dark Fortress. There you go. Yeah. Uh, probably you have so much alien tech around after that. Yeah, although, I, I um, should, just to give credit where credit is due, I didn't come up with that. That would be Linkara. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's also possible that's how Lightspeed came up with their Power Ranger stuff, too. Possibly. Although, I, I like to think that the, uh, that Captain Mitchell knew that the, door, the demons were coming, and the sorcerer who stealed them away, like, told him, let's make these ranger powers. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, fans were... Ex- let's see. Oh, okay. I don't know if I want to read that. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm not going to. Um, while early promo says SPD was set in 2020, it's set in 2025. The episodes Catastrophe, Missing, History, and Impact were aired out of production order for some reason. SPD is somewhat infamous for airing two mistakes. In Canada, on July 30th, 2005, Wormhole, the second part of the SPD Dino Thunder team-up, was aired instead of the scheduled Messenger Part 1. Wormhole had been slated for a strictly DVD release, and I remember that. And people were scammering, scampering all over the internet trying to find uh, a copy of that episode after that aired. Wormhole or Messenger? Uh, wormhole. Okay. Because I think it aired before the DVD was available. Yeah. So, yeah, they were like anxious to get their hands on it. Uh, also, the episode Impact was aired 28th in the series, accompanied accompanying a previously on Power Rangers SPD, which featured scenes from history slated to air after Impact. We call that wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. SPD is the first series since Time Force to have any of the team's Megazords survive the finale. Although the Delta Squad Megazord was destroyed, the SWAT Megazord, Delta Command Megazord, and Omega Max Megazord all survived. SPD is the only series to have all the titles of their episode consist of just one word. This was an in-joke, uh, as he previously worked uh, by the producer Bruce, Bruce Kalish, 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 Kalish. Uh, as he had previously worked on Black Hole High, which sounds dirty, a fantasy series which also consisted of one-word titles. At the beginning of the series, Cat mentions that the judge function of the Delta Morphers would seal con- criminals in containment cards. Though this was utilized for a majority of the series, the season was sometimes inconsistent, and in some episodes, monsters and or their robots exploded instead of being contained. The robots Decker- being destroyed is one thing, but uh, the monsters, no. Right. In Decker Ranger, the Rangers' weapons, swords, and even at times enemies used guns that shot bullets. Disney, deciding that that would be a bad idea for children to see bullets being used, went and digitally added, added, added laser beams over any scene of a bullet being shot during clips of Sentai footage. In a similar edit, in Decker Ranger, the Rangers would point their fingers in a gun shape and aim at the screen, and then bullet holes would seem to hit the screen. This scene was replaced with a similar scene and a different camera angle with the bullets removed. Due to the smaller size of the American Delta Morpher compared to the Japanese SP license, the Delta Enforcer weapon had to be changed in America. Oh, this is what I was talking about. Apparently it doesn't have anything to do with the cards. While in Japan, the Delta Enforcer's equivalent, the D Revolver, defeated criminals by having the SPD license placed inside of it, the U.S. toy had containment, sar- 
containment card swiped through it. This resulted in any scenes of the Rangers using the finisher ability on this weapon being changed to match the U.S. toys' features. Okay, so that was what I was talking about. Yeah. That's probably where I read it. Uh, this season didn't feature a super motorcycle to didn't feature a super motorcycle designed for one of the Rangers, which was a trend started in Lost Galaxy. Uh, the Unifor cycle apparently doesn't count because it was the Omega Rangers personal vehicle. And, and, and it's one wheel. That was cool. Uh, although the previous seasons had used them, this was the first season to make the concept of on-duty uniforms a permanent theme. It's the first and so far only season to have a team of Rangers with a morphing sequence but no morphing call. The A-Squad Rangers, in their fight with the B-Squad, had a puff of smoke surround them, and they morph instantly, with no words being spoken. Because they're bad. This is... Of course. Well, they're bad guys, too. You know, you don't want to... This is the second series since Lightspeed Rescue, where the Rangers' identities are known to the public. In the fourth episode, when Sky is looking at a picture of his father in his Red Ranger uniform, he's wearing a Time Force costume, which we are already mentioned, while the young Sky is holding the Time Force Red Helmet. Uh, in the first time since Power Rangers in Space to have a theme written and performed by Ron Wasserman. However, due to the fact that he personally leaked some early demos of the SPD theme on the internet, he was not brought back to do the theme for any following of the shows. Despite the fact that he had already made two demos for the next series, Mystic Force. SPD is the last season to have a team-up with the previous whole team. It is the last season to feature a team-up where the current team morphs first. Awesome. Uh, there was... Oh! Uh, in one of the episodes, in the training room, there was an equation. Uh, I think that was the first episode. Which episode? First episode. First episode. Alright, despite being called Space Patrol Delta, the series rarely goes into outer space. This was just due to the unavoidable fact that the logo of Special Police Decker Ranger was in most of the footage. And they didn't want to use Special Police in America. In episode 9, Idle, when the SPD Rangers are having lunch before they get the alarm from Cat Manx about the breach, you can see a TV with motocross going on that is on it that is Dustin Brooks, Yellow Wind Ranger, and Blake Bradley, Navy Thunder Ranger, from Power Rangers Ninja Storm. And this is the first season since Lost Galaxy to be dubbed in Japan. It is also the 8th and last season dubbed in Japan. That's not right. It is the first season since Lost Galaxy to be dubbed, but it's not the last one. This series, though, they actually got the actors from the Japanese series to voice their American counterparts in the dub. Yes. Mystic Force also gets dubbed um, over there. They do not get the full cast back to dub that, although the guy that plays uh, the, uh, uh, the Red Magi Ranger is the narrator for the series. Uh, next up is Power Rangers Mystic Force.
Rangers Mystic Force was uh, 32 episodes long, ran from February 20th, 2006 to November uh, 13th, 2006, and was adapted from the Japanese series... Exactly. A short time ago, there was a dimension filled with wonderful magic, but then darkness came into power and a great battle began. An army of the undead led by a powerful warrior, Mortacon, swarmed over the land, setting their sights on the human realm and beyond. All seemed hopeless when a small legion of brave and true wizards came forth against insurmountable odds. They drove the evil back from the edge of the human world. And then, the greatest wizard of them all, Liambo, cast a spell that sent the armies into the underworld. He sealed darkness inside giant gates for eternity. The evil disappeared from the surface world, but with great victory comes great loss. The human world never knew of the great battle or the sacrifices that were made to save them from destruction. In the present day, the great sorceress Udana enlists the help of five teenagers with attitude. I'm just kidding. It doesn't say with attitude, but Yeah, five teenagers who are destined to become the Power Rangers Mystic Force to fight against the undead army, which has now been released. The rangers practice their magical skills at a secret haven in the magical realm called Root Core. The Xenotome grants the rangers access to magical spells as they grow as individuals. During the Great Battle, the Side of Good prepares a proactive strike against the forces of darkness. Liambo prepares to face the Master on his own, but is transformed into Korag, the Night Wolf. A brave knight known as Dra Daggeron promises to protect Bowen, the son of Liambo and Udana. Born of magical blood, Bowen is said to be the light to rid the darkness. Sounds about right. Daggeron is attacked by who he thought was a friend, Kalendor. The two battled, but their magic collided and left them cursed. These names are amazingly fun to read yeah. in that not at all kind of way. F yeah. Oh, I. Calendar is something with dates on it, not a dude. <laughs> After Mordecai was destroyed, Necroli finds a petrified mummy which becomes imperious because that happens. The rangers find a magic lamp which houses the great genie Genji, who's a giant cat. A giant cat. A, a giant anime-looking smiley cat <laughs> who aids them in the fight against evil. Using his former life as Kalendor, Imperius tries to infiltrate the Power Rangers. Daggeron shows up just in time to save them as the legendary Solaris Knight. When Imperius steals Jinji to make a wish that the Power Rangers never existed, the Rangers must consult the Tribunal of Magic, which grant them the legendary warrior power. Meanwhile, Korag begins to remember his past as Liambo, and is, it is revealed that Nick is in fact Bowen. Nick, by the way, is the Red Ranger. Nick must accept his destiny as the Light and discover his connection to Fireheart, which I believe is the Red Dragon, to take on it, what? He's the last dragon. He's not really just a red dragon. He, oh, okay. Yeah, he's the last dragon. They actually join up and become like a he become uh, the dragon that becomes that is basically the battleizer. To take on a new challenge, the ten terrors of the underworld. As the numbers of the terrors dwindled, the master took over the body of the unwilling Matumbo, who had Vita, who Vita. Nah. As the numbers of the terrors dwindled. The master took over the body of the unwilling Matumbo, who Vita had learned was true of heart. To destroy all magic, the master goes to the empress of all good magic, the Mystic Mother, who, ironically, used to be Rita Repulsa. 
Liambo and Daggeron go to face him, but are too late, and Daggeron's vision of his downfall has become reality. The Masters sucked all good power away from all of our heroes, now powerless. Can the Power Rangers confront undurable odds to secure the future of, of the surface world and the mystical world before they are plunged into darkness? In a word, yes. And thus ends Power Rangers Mystic Force. I have something to say about the uh, whole fight between Daggeron and Kalimdor. Uh, you watch Magic Please. I did watch Magic Okay, yes. so basically the, uh, the rain guy and, uh, of, course the, of course, the rain titan uh, betrayed the sun titan. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just saying it's kind of funny. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Tangent. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite part of Mystic Force? Chip and Genji. Chip would be the Yellow Ranger. Yes, and he's also... Our first, our first ginger. <laughs> Therefore, he has no soul. And Genji the cat you like. Yes. Okay, your, le- your least favorite part. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Necrolyze's daughter. Uh, Necrolyze's daughter. The girl that comes back in uh, uh, Jungle Fury? Yeah. Uh, what's her uh, name? Uh, uh, Lily? Yeah, Lily. Okay. Yeah. Kind of spoiled and really, really grating on the nerves. I'm sorry. Well, not you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry she got on your nerves. Yeah. I tried to make her fun. <laughs> Just kidding, I didn't. Yeah, right. Okay, as for me, I'm going to say that I did not see enough of this show to have a favorite or at least favorite. I really, other than... Basically, all I saw of Mystic Force was the Dark Wish three-parter and uh, like the end of the final episode. So I really can't say. Um, Dark Wish was one of the ones preempted for me, so I had to find it online. Now, see, Dark Wish I caught because they had it um, as a... Well, I don't know if you had the channels, uh, but... Um, it was actually shown as a special movie event, like on Toon Disney or something. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's how I caught it. Uh, I did as not. As the movie event. I didn't get okay. uh, and start getting cable channels until 2011. Yeah. Damn, boy. Yeah. So I missed, wow. most, okay. of, I missed most of Sam. I had to go back and, re- and watch it afterwards. Um, yeah, so do you have Netflix? Now I do. Ah. Enjoy it. Yes. Enjoy it. This is the first Power Rangers series to simultaneously feature female blue and pink rangers as well as a male yellow ranger on the same team. Yes, it is. Um, Following SPD, those episodes whose episodes had one-word titles, Mystic Forces episodes have two... Yeah, there's a some in joke there, Kalish. Yeah, way to go. This is the first pilot Power Rangers team to not pilot their Zords, but to rather become them. And but they piloted it when they became the Megazord. Right. Which, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it, um, this is okay. First, okay, just either Magic Ranger and Mystic Force. Let's start Mystic Force. They become their the Zords, and then they combine together. Uh. Two things. Uh, you are. I'm thinking that just brings images of the team that had to be to my mind, unfortunately. 
and second, uh, <laughs> second, you're combine or initially when you, you know, first turn into the Megazord, you're combining with a bunch of people you don't really know that well. Okay, um, and then in Magic Ranger, they're combining with the, you have five siblings who are combined together. I don't know what's more awkward. Well, see, it's magic. Yeah, and and awkwardness goes away when you're saving the world. I beg you differ. Well, it does in, in a kid's show. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, we'll <laughs> go with that. Kelson Henderson has a role in this series, which was his third in a row, um, as he plays Phineas. He was also Boom in Power Rangers SPD and played a uh, movie or a music exec in an episode of Dino Thunder. Uh, Antonio Preble, Antonio. who played Chris... That's what I said, said Antonio. Antonio. You said Antonio. Shh, 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 shh. They're going to hear it as Antonia. Okay. And you're going to sound funny. <laughs> Antonia Preble, who played Crystal in Dino Thunder and the voice of SPD Nova Ranger in SPD, ironically, uh, has a role in Mystic Force as Claire, the sorceress's apprentice. No buckets of water. I think there's some brooms, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is the first Power Rangers team to feature capes. Um, no capes. Yeah, most of the teams don't have capes, but uh, China, Mystic Force China does. Incredible oh, yeah, capes are, d- are dangerous. Dude. You get sucked into a plane yeah. motor. Um, this is the first series to be part of a joint project between Disney and Toei, the first being Magi Ranger. How about that? Mm. In one of the Mystic Force promos, the Rangers... Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't matter. Uh, Madison and Vita are sisters. Mystic Force is the first series with two sisters as Power Rangers. And the third in the, uh, to have it, uh, in-team siblings. Wait, what? Uh, Mystic what was the second? What? The second? Well, I mean, you, got, you have... Um, what was it? You have uh, Lightspeed and what else? I don't think you... Uh, well, technically Ninja Storm. Oh right, all right. I forgot about that. I, I thought maybe they were talking about uh, Lost Galaxy. Oh uh, well, yeah. I think I think since um, uh, what's yeah, his name, Mike. Uh, Magna Defender is still up for debate. It doesn't count. Okay. But yeah, um, there's I believe they're step brothers, but they're still brothers or adopted brothers, so they're still family. Yeah. As far as uh, Blake and the other okay. one, that's exactly what I was saying. Mystic Force is the first Power Rangers team to have a whole family as active Rangers. Mystic Mother, formerly Rita Repulsa, was the source of the Mystic Force powers and established a connection to the Morphing Grid. This was done as a tribute to Machiko Soga, the actress who portrayed Witch Bandora in Zoo Ranger, which was the Japanese version of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and Witch Bandora, of course, became Rita Repulsa, and she had passed away from cancer shortly after Ranger concluded filming. While SPD Rangers don't appear, their ally Piggy, played by Barney Duncan, um, who apparently also does Toby, but that's a little personal, uh, he does. Uh, he chats with Gingy, saying that in 20 years this place will be crawling with aliens, referencing SPD. Uh, this is the first season to start a chain of 32-episode seasons. Uh, episode 28, Light Source, Part 1, meets the 600th episode mark. 
Uh, this is the first series since Zio to have the Rangers not wearing their colors at one point. Uh, this is the final series to air on ABC Family, and it marks the first and only time that a Ranger initially dislikes his or her color. I believe Vita, the Pink Ranger, dislikes being the Pink Ranger, or dislikes the color pink, basically until the end. Yeah, they vindicated because she thinks it's too girly. Who? I think because she thinks it's uh, she, yeah, she's, too girly. She's, she's kind of butch. I want to put it that I way, sure. I mean, well, you know, she's, she's, yeah, no, she's I mean, kind of not, a tomboy. Not wrong. I'm just saying, like, yeah, kind of a tomboy type harsh. thing. Yeah, tomboy, sure. I guess sure. you would say. Um, well, that's all I've got for Mystic Force. You got anything else you wanted to add? Oh, uh, this actually we marks on? the first ever uh, ranger uh, at all uh, who is of Middle Eastern descent. Uh, that would be Red Ranger, uh, played by Faraz Durrani. He's not the last, uh, we'll, we'll get to in, we'll get to Megaforce. Okay, and he's got a really good New England, or New England, New New Zealand accent, too. I've never heard it. I haven't either, but uh, since he's been living there for so long, I hear it's pretty well, good. he was born there. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I was just trying to make a joke, it didn't work. Um, <laughs> moving right along... And that's going to do it for this episode. Once again, I want to thank Daoud for joining me. Again, you can find him on uh, the Noob52 podcast at lipson.lipson.com. And make sure you come back and join us in just one week for the final part of our special look at Power Rangers, where we finally catch up to the current season. See you then. This has been an episode of Charlie's GeekCast, hosted by Charlie Niemeyer. The show's website is www.charliesgeekcast.com, where you'll find notes and images for each episode. Please feel free to leave a comment there, or email the show at charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. I also have another show called Superman of the Bronze Age, where I cover Superman comics published between 1970 and 1986. You can find that at www.supermanofthebronzeage.com. Charlie's Geek Cast is an I Don't Have a Fake Company name production. All images and music used are copyright their respective copyright holders. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Don't